this episode is originally the video of the weekly wrap-up that I had done with my launch team. And it kind of just reels, reveals a little bit of the heart and the mission and the vision behind the week of study that I did and explains in depth some of the things that were going on. And I pray that it blesses you. But above and beyond that, I just want to say thank you for sticking with me for the last six weeks. This has been such a blessing to me to walk through this with you. And if you have questions on anything, please reach out. You can get me at rachel at shehears.org. Be blessed, guys. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org. And for a limited time, I'm offering all of my podcast listeners a special discount of 20% off. You can use the discount code hearing Jesus. That's one word, all caps, to get your discount. There are also some free videos and a leader's guide for you to get started. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey everyone, welcome back to She Hears Bible Study. Today we're talking about week six, Mary Magdalene. This is the final week for our She Hears Bible Study, and I want to just say that this time together has been really special, and I really appreciate uh, hearing what God is doing in and through you in this study. Week six was kind of the culmination of the entire um, toolkit that we learned throughout the Bible study where we put the color method together and really um, allow you to use the tools that God has given you to hear from the Lord yourself. I'm going to go ahead and start by reading uh, John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, which is the primary text from our study. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. 
Peter and the other disciple start out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for until then they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw the two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbani, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave him his message. The versions that we used this week were all different. For all five days, we took a look at five different versions. And the reason why I did that is when you are doing an in-depth Bible study, sometimes it's really helpful to read things in a different perspective or a different passage or a different text that you're used to. Um, I go into depth about that a little bit more in the 10 tips for Bible study if you want to go back and listen to or watch that video. But one of the things that I was um, thinking about that during this process was we all are going to come to the table with some preconceived ideas and uh, messages that have been taught in the past. These are familiar passages of scripture. But again, my encouragement is to always read the scripture with a fresh perspective, even if that means you're reading the same passage, but in a different version. Another thing I wanted to kind of touch base on this week there are some misconceptions about Mary that if you haven't done the study yet, I just want to remind you of as you're studying Mary Magdalene. She was not a prostitute or romantically involved with Jesus. Those are two misconceptions that sometimes are portrayed in media or um, sometimes even sermons can get it wrong. And again, remember I said, anytime you're, you're listening to a sermon, you want to go back to the original text uh, of that passage of scripture and read it for yourself. Read a chapter before it, read a chapter after it, look at who the original audience is, look at who the speaker is, and get the, the general idea of what's going on in the text. Don't just take the word of whoever's teaching it to you. Um, so she wasn't, we know she wasn't a prostitute and she wasn't romantically involved with Jesus. What does the scripture actually say? The scripture actually says that she had been healed of seven demons. If you um, look back throughout the scriptures, there's actually a lot of content on Mary Magdalene. And I would encourage you to do that. We walk you through that in, in the Bible study. Um, but the reason why Mary kind of got this bad rap was because back in, let me look it up, 591, Pope Gregory gave a series of Easter sermons that kind of lumped Mary Magdalene, Mary of Bethany, and the unnamed sinful woman 
as the same person. And that absolutely is not the case as we have discovered throughout this Bible study. And so it was a gross misrepresentation of scripture. And it led to this widely held belief that Mary was promiscuous or a prostitute, but that's simply not, not what scripture tells us. So in fact, in 1969, it was Pope Paul, uh, I'm really bad at Roman numerals, four maybe? Anyway, he, he recanted that teaching and he removed it from the Roman calendar and that's not taught in the Catholic Church anymore. However, I think um, that is such a powerful example of how we can do so much damage when we are not clear on the scripture before we teach them. So get that out of your mind. She was not a prostitute. She was not, you know, of course we all have sin, but she was not the sinful woman that we talk about in scripture. And so um, she was somebody that Jesus had walked with for a long time, that he had healed her of seven demons. I think the interesting thing about Mary is she was a different kind of disciple than the rest of them. Because she followed Jesus because he was literally her savior before he died. And of course, everybody comes to Jesus for different reasons. Um, but for her specifically, before he died, she saw physically and emotionally and spiritually the power of God um, in her own life. And that changes you um, and I, I'm going to share something uh, uh, from my personal life. There was a time in my life where um, me and two of my daughters had to be 100% gluten-free. We had um, a myriad of issues. Mine were um, severe headaches and uh, stomach cramping, inflammation. Um, we were all just gluten intolerant. And so um, I did not necessarily get real bad stomach cramps, but I would be, if I had any kind of gluten, I would be bedridden for three or four days. Severe, severe migraines to the point where I would have the auras and could not concentrate. Um, my oldest daughter was the same way. Inflammation so bad that her knees would swell and she could not really could not walk for a couple days. My youngest daughter would break out from head to toe in a rash. Um, she would have the stomach problem. She just, you know, headache, all of it. And so there was a period of about, uh, I don't know, I want to say the first four years of my youngest daughter's life where she did not have any gluten. And in fact, she used to go to church and she would see other kids having uh, like those Timbits from Tim Hortons. And she would draw pictures of donuts because she just always wanted to have a donut. And so we had been in a, in a place where we were trying to figure out how to best handle this because, of course, when we're on the mission field, it makes it uh, difficult to go gluten-free. However... I did not react. We did not react in other countries to their gluten. So I think it has something to say about the United States gluten, but I digress. So we had been, um, you know, trying to just figure what this would look for, uh, look like for us and how we would take gluten-free food with us on the mission field and things like that. And, um, we were in a worship service actually. And at the end of the worship service, they had like, a a period of time where you could just take your whole family up and just be prayed for like a blessing once a year they did this. So it was like a blessing over the family. And so we went up and I, I had actually been serving in the back room with the children. So I wasn't even part of the service. I don't know what was preached on. I don't, I don't really know even what songs they were singing. Cause I came out at the end of the last song when they were kind of doing the family blessing. And I walked my girls up with me and we walked through the line and I just real quickly, they went to pray over us, and I just real quickly said, Lord, Lord, heal us. That's all I said. And immediately God said, it's done. And I, I thought, well, that just seemed too easy. And 
honestly, I had never asked for healing before. I had never gone to the Lord and asked for healing from this gluten issue. I had bought all the gluten-free food. I had done all the research. I had bought supplements to help combat it. I had talked to experts. I had talked to other moms. I was on all the mommy blogs. I had even created this special uh, lotion bar for my daughter for the eczema flares. I had done all these other things, but I had not asked the Lord to heal. And so when I heard him say immediately, it rose up in my spirit, it's done like that. I just thought, well, that was just too good to be true. And I didn't trust it at first. And so we went home that day and, um, and my husband had not been there. Maybe he was in the service. I don't quite remember. But I said to him, um, I'm pretty sure the Lord healed us when we went forward. And he just kind of looked at me like, not that we don't believe that God can heal, but we hadn't really heard of a whole lot of people experiencing that, at least in our day-to-day lives. Sometimes we would see it overseas, but not so much in the States. And certainly in our own lives, we had not really experienced it, at least that we had known of. So I waited a couple days, and um, I gave my youngest daughter a couple fishy crackers. And um, normally if she had had like one or two fishy crackers, she would immediately get a rash around her mouth, and the headache would start, and within minutes we would see a reaction. No reaction. So later that day I gave her some more fishy crackers, maybe four or five, no reaction. That evening I gave her a cup full of fishy crackers and she was kind of even cautious. She's like, I can't have these. And I said, well, you were okay earlier today, so we're gonna see how it goes. And she had them, no reaction. I didn't know quite how to respond. So my older daughter and I, we watched this throughout the day and we thought, well, maybe we're healed too. So we went actually to Tim Hortons. This is a plug for Tim Hortons and don't email me if you don't like them. That's just what we have in our town. So we went through and we got, uh, two breakfast sandwiches, farmer's wraps actually, which have like those tortilla shells. And I thought, well, that's not a whole lot of gluten. So we'll test it out and see. We were both fine. Absolutely fine. So we went through this process of just kind of testing it. And by the end of the week, week, we realized that we had all been healed. I don't know how it happened other than it was the Holy Spirit and there was no special prayer. It wasn't a long prayer. It was not even an intentional prayer. It was an afterthought as I was walking through the line. I just happened to think, oh yeah, maybe I should pray for healing for this and God healed. I will never not believe he is who he says he is. I will never not believe that he is the healer. Never. Being healed of something as manageable as gluten issues is nothing compared to being healed of seven demons. In fact, um, in my work in, in Africa, I have seen people healed of demons. And I know that's not something popular to talk about. Um, the largely evangelical church remains very conservative in this area, but I've seen it. I've seen it both in the States and out of the States. I've seen it the most in Africa and the Caribbean. I've seen it firsthand, what somebody looks like before and after. You'll never convince them not to follow Jesus. He's their savior, literally their savior. And so if I think about Mary Magdalene, who she was versus who she is, before Jesus and after Jesus. I know why she was at the tomb.
we also find her present at the cross. Who we don't find at the cross is most of the men. We see John, but the rest of the men, we don't have any account of where they are. We do see Mary Magdalene. Remember that in this culture, women were not legally allowed to be a witness. Their testimony would not hold up in court. Their testimony was not valid. The first person to witness the resurrected Christ was a woman, was Mary. And at first, she doesn't see him. She hears him. I think that's kind of prophetic. I think sometimes, actually often, we hear him before we see him. For me, I heard him say, it's done. I heard it before I saw it. I will hear him calling me into obedience before I see the plan. But as we focus in on that voice, as he calls our name, we hear him. That's what enables us to be obedient. So as Jesus sends her, her testimony, the power that's in that, and the way that he validates her, and he sends her, I hope that you realize that it's the same thing for you. See, my earnest prayer is that God would call up a generation of women that would declare this message, this message of hope, this message of the good news of the gospel, this personal message to a lost and hurting world. We are in a season of desperation. Every day on the news, there is more and more evidence of the damage that long periods of isolation and this pandemic life has done to people. And that's going to be long-lasting, regardless of when you're watching this, that's going to have long-lasting effects on not just us, but our children. We have a culture of people that are desperate for the hope of the gospel, even if they can't name it, even if they don't know what, they, what, what they're asking for. Mary didn't know before Jesus healed her that she probably even could be healed of those demons. She didn't, she didn't know. She knew she needed hope. She knew she needed the, God, the, the hope of the gospel, even if she didn't know what the gospel was. The people around us are desperate for the hope of the gospel, even if they don't know what it is. How are they going to know unless you tell them? And I'm not just talking about the people on the street that you don't know. I know that that can be uncomfortable. And that is a whole separate calling and something that I think we are called to do. But it takes practice. The people that are sitting next to you in your church, they need to know this too. They need to know that they absolutely can hear from God in a way that creates a dynamic and a relationship in them that they will never let go. That's my prayer. That's what She Hears is about. That's what this whole thing, this whole last six weeks has been about. It's about pointing others to Christ. It's about you learning how to hear his voice so you can follow him in obedience and ultimately point others back to him. As we close this series, I want you to know that this isn't over that there will be some tools and resources on my website that I will be sharing in the coming days and weeks to keep pointing you in the right direction. That if you have a Bible, you can do this. The primary way that God speaks is through his word. It's the starting point for your relationship with him. 
But if you don't open it, there's going to be a lot of silence. People say that all the time. I just, I don't, I don't hear from the Lord. Well, are you reading your Bible consistently? Because a lot of people aren't. They think that they're just going to open up their Bible and there's going to be a verse there that just jumps off the page to them. Not that I'm denying that can happen, but it usually doesn't. It's studying the word and the character and the nature of God that teaches us who he is. And when we learn who he is, we can't help but love him. It's an overflow of our heart because of how grateful we are to him because of who he is as our savior, as our healer. I want to pray for you. And then I would encourage you to join the She Hears Facebook page. And then you can also follow along at shehears.org to get on the mailing list for future resources. A lot of them are free. And if you need prayer for anything, please reach out. It's Rachel at shehears.org. I would love to walk alongside of you and point you back in the right direction. Father God, thank you for my friends that have walked alongside of me and learned and grown in the last six weeks. Lord, I pray that you would just engage in their hearts in such a way that the overflow would would be that they can't help but tell others about you, who you are, who you created them to be, and the love you have for a lost and dying world. Lord, I pray that even right now you would quicken their hearts in such a way that they would um, have somebody come to mind that they can share this with. And Lord, as our friends continue to, to go on this quest, may this be a lifelong adventure where we crave your word. We crave to know the God of the Bible. We crave to know who you are and who you call us to be. Lord God, I thank you for the treasure of your word and the Holy Spirit as he opens our eyes and our hearts to what you're saying. Lord, I thank you and I praise you in all things. Amen. It's been a pleasure, guys. Hey, friends. If this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.